Dugger. What's up, Houston, H-Town, Houston Holla Podcast here. This is Joey Wyatt. We've got Lance Edwards on the road again, working, doing the thing, driving all over Texas, bringing solar energy to you guys at a low cost. What's going on, Lance? How are you doing today? Man, I'm just hanging out down in Rocher in Texas. You know what that's all about. i got to say this, man. You do such a better job at initially introducing our podcast every time. Like the other day, I didn't even tell people who I was, but you always get that nailed, unscripted, but <laughs> scripted in sync, like intro to our podcast every single time. I come out and I'm just like random as hell. I'm just like, oh, you know, lions, tigers, bears. Oh my, let's talk sports. You know, and that's funny because I always feel like you do a much better job. And I, every time I do the intro, I'm like, oh, man, Lance's intros sound a lot better. So I appreciate the compliment, Lance. Like I said, you're consistent. Yeah. I'm just all over the place. I'm fun and you're consistent. Yeah. Fun and consistent. Can you, that's be, fun? Can you be fun? Can you be fun, too? I'll try my hardest, man. That's what the Houston Holla podcast is all about, right? So I got to ask you, uh, you had like three weeks of rain delays and washed out softball games. Did you hit any dingers the last two days? I have not hit any dingers, but I hit a triple off the wall last night. So you legged the, tri- you legged the triple or did the right fielder fall down? No, I legged a triple, baby. It's a 315 foot field. Come on now. Hey, I might be big, but I'm pretty fast for my size. All right. All right. Was it a close play at third? No, actually, uh, the ball got to third baseman about three seconds after I got to third. But so last week we played this team that we played last night. They beat us 19 to five. So before the game, we all wanted this game really badly. We went into, we were home. So we went into the bottom of the sixth inning, six innings in slow pitch. We went into the bottom of the sixth down eight to three. So we weren't getting spanked as bad as we were last week. But we just came in with the mindset, hey, we're going to win this thing. Uh, bottom of the sixth, eight to three. I was the leadoff hitter. Uh, I, I knocked a triple off the right field fence, oppo. And uh, we just did the damn thing after that. I ended up scoring, uh, I believe, two batters later. We had two, three batters later, we had two on. Guy hits a three-run bomb, so it's eight to seven at that point. We ended up hitting a round. And so I come back up to the plate. It's my turn to hit again. Tie game at this point, eight to eight. I got a runner on second and I go to check my swing and the ball hits was the the pitch was very inside. The ball hits the tip of my bat and rolls into play, which in slow pitch softball, you are not allowed to bunt. Your hands have to break the plane, but this was completely accidental. I tried to pull my swing back. And as I was pulling back, the ball hit the ball and went into the ball, hit the bat and went into play. So, you know, Instead of standing there taking the tag, I don't know what the blue's going to call. I take off running to first base. Nobody moves. I'm safe at first. And these Johnny guys hustle. These guys throw a fit. You can't bunt. You can't bunt. I was like, I didn't bunt. I was check swinging, and the ball hit my bat. And the explanation that the blue gave us was that it was incidental. If the bat's behind my ears and the ball goes into play, it's fair. It's fair game. So... We ended up bases loaded at that point. We went on a sack fly next play, and we beat the team that's just been wrecking shop, running through the league, undefeated. You know, I felt bad winning that way because I do know the rules, and I didn't like it. I even told these guys, hey, I'll go back, take another pitch, and Blue wasn't having it. He was like, no, because if the ball hits your bat and goes foul on a check swing, it counts as a foul ball. 
So if it hits your bat on a check swing and goes fair, that ball's in play. Do not apologize. I still feel bad. <laughs> These dudes were super mad at me, so I know there's going to be beef next week. But you know what? We won the game. Oh, so. <laughs> are you going to get beamed in the ear hole with a floater? Ooh. Ooh. Hey, man, you know what? I've, I've taken a couple balls off the head running to second uh, by throws <laughs> going into third. That's it, how they get you. It does not feel That's good. That's how they get you. Yeah, most definitely. All right, I knew so. a guy named Joey Wyatt back in <laughs> high school. Glory days. Dun, dun, dun. All right. So, all right. I got to share one thing. So you want to get some big Texans news that just broke today. Yes, sir. And I know we want to touch our hearts on that a little bit. Um, and it's not involving Deshaun Watson. Woohoo! So, okay. Is it the ultimate moment of your life? Maybe other than the birth of a child and probably bigger than your wedding day. If you go to Fenway Park, you sit on the monster, you're repping your team and your favorite player on that other on your team hits you as a visitor, a home run ball and you catch it and you're all over ESPN. Does it get any better than that Alpha Jose Altuve's home run last night? So, it doesn't get any better than that, but Jose Altuve's went into the street. It was an Alex Bregman ball. I believe the guy's name oh, is... Oh, it was a Bregman home run. That's yeah. right. It was a yeah. Bregman home run. Yeah I, screwed, yeah, 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 I screwed that up a little bit. But no, that's right. Altuve hit the bomb bomb. I yeah. was, look, I was, I, was, I was out with my girl to dinner. So, like, I did not even pay really that much attention to the game. I just kind of looked over her shoulder and saw an Astros fan called a dinger. But that's right. It was Bregman. That's right. No, probably... Yeah, but still... Is it, does it get any better than that, especially at Fenway? It doesn't. And, you know, it's because it's at Fenway. Uh, had the Yankees still been playing in old school Yankee Stadium, I think that one would top it. But Fenway is the most historied ballpark in the league right now next to Wrigley Field. And, you know, that's the one place you want to go and catch a home run ball from your team. And that's just awesome, man. So, Shout out, I believe the guy's name's Patrick Johnson. He's all over ESPN, all over Twitter. It was just absolutely awesome. I mean, that's phenomenal. That's so cool. Like, I can't think of, like, I really can't think of a better situation. Like, maybe, like, if you're at the NBA Finals or the College Basketball Final Four. Yeah. And you know how these players, that they're so overcome with excitement. And you're not allowed to slam balls and throw basketballs in the stands, but they do it every time. They never give the ball to the ref. It's the last game of the year. And if it's an opposing team, let's just say not the Final Four, but in the NBA, uh, Rockets win game seven on the road of the NBA Finals. And, you know, the ball gets thrown into the stands and you catch it. You have that ball, the game ball from the finals in the championship game. You know what I'm saying? That can be kind of cool too. But the, the chances of a freaking home run ball coming to your seat in it, Green Monster at Fenway, and there's only like what, like 500 seats up there. It's not very much seating up there. It doesn't even look like that many, man. It looks like maybe 80 to 100. So you know, it's just <laughs> awesome. This dude. is so incredible. How cool that guy. I mean, man, no amount of money, no amount of joy, other than maybe you know, like having the your your child, right? Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> All right, so Houston. Right, yep, Houston. I've got a question for you, Lance. Actually, before I yeah. get to the rest of the city. I got you, answers. You, you got questions. We've got answers. Okay. Jonathan Joseph just announced his retirement. Is Jonathan Joseph mm-hmm. a Hall of Famer in your eyes? Jonathan Joseph is not a Hall of Famer because of the generation of defensive backs that he played in 
just were more flashy than he was. How many Pro Bowls was he in? How many Pro Bowls was he in? Two Pro Bowls, two-time All-Pro. Yeah. I mean, it's good, but, you know, overall, his defense stunk, and it wasn't his fault. Everybody threw the opposite field of him. So, yeah, he cut the field in half, and the Texans still couldn't cover half the field throughout his career. Right? Okay. Uh, So that would probably be the general consensus by Texans fans. Uh, Your exact answer, he got burned all the time. Uh, So I'm going to put it in this perspective, and then I want to throw some numbers at you uh, to argue your point, because I believe Jonathan Joseph on paper should be a Hall of Famer. So Mm -hmm. say you're the best defensive. I'm going to add one more thing. I'm going to add one more thing, because I don't want to cheat, because Joey and I have not talked all day, so this is fresh. Okay. Um, Jonathan Joseph is a decent tackler in the open field in the run game. Okay. Where a lot of where a lot of corners just throw shoulder like Kareem Jackson used to be. I don't know what toughened him up in the last three years, but Kareem Jackson used to be the ultimate worst throw my shoulder at your knee and you can stiff arm me cornerback, right? Jonathan Joseph at least tries to put a wrap or cut a guy back inside to let his teammates come down and make a play, right? Yeah. So I do have to give as far as run stopping corner goes, I think Jonathan Joseph is probably top five throughout his career in the league. All right. Uh, good point. So I want to talk numbers here. And also, before I get to numbers, you're the best DB on a team. You're the best cornerback, uh, should I say, on a team. That means you have the best wide receivers in the world week after week running full speed downhill at you. You are going to get burned about 90% of the time. I don't care how good of a cornerback you are. You're backpedaling. You have the best wide receivers in the world running full speed downhill at you. You're going to get burned. Uh, even the all-time greats, we can put together a one-hour-long highlight tape of them getting burned. And I just want to get that out of the way. That seems to be... Dion, my- Dion got burned? Primetime? Oh, yeah. Dion got burned, baby. They all get burned. Primetime? They all get Primetime? burned. Yes. All right. So I want to throw some numbers out here. Lance says Jonathan mm-hmm. Joseph is not a Hall of Famer. And so I'm going to go down a list of about 10 or 11 stats, so bear with me, to argue why I think he should be a Hall of Famer. All right. So... Mm-hmm. Jonathan Joseph is number two all-time in passes defended with 200. Jonathan Joseph is number three all-time in interception touchdowns with seven. Jonathan Joseph is number three all-time games played by a cornerback. Jonathan Joseph is number five all-time in interception yards with 643. Jonathan Joseph is number four all-time in fumble recovery touchdowns, tied number four. Jonathan Joseph is number nine all time in interceptions with thirty two. Jonathan number nine, number nine all time interceptions. Oh, uh, that's pretty good right there, bro. Yep. Jonathan Joseph number thirteen all time with solo tackles, six hundred seventy. Number fifteen all time games played by a DB. I know I just said he's number three all time by a cornerback. DBs include safeties and cornerbacks, so he's number fifteen all time in games played by a DB. Number 19 all-time in forced fumbles with nine. And number 22 all-time in combined tackles, 787. So we got number two all-time, number three all-time, number three all-time, number four all-time, number five all-time, number 13, number 15, number 22. And thousands and thousands of people have played this game. How many um, seasons did he play? 14 or 12? He played 13 full seasons. 
Man, I was right. I'm right there, huh? So he played. Um, he, he was on paper for 15. He played 13 full seasons. Right. Yeah. And he had 770 tackles, you said, combined? 700. Like, whatever. 787. Right? Yeah. Okay. So. I mean, I look, know, dude, these are some. I can't. No, dude, it's all good. I mean, just. So it's. I want to get into the Texans fans things. They're so finicky. If it's not a home run on every single play, that guy sucks. And we should trade him. And we should cut him. And that happens with all Houston fans in every sport. Oh, he missed a free throw. He's the worst player ever. Oh, he struck out. Trade him. It's game number four of the season. He struck out. He sucks. Uh, that that guy got burned number two all time in passes deflected ever in the history of the NFL. He got burned on that play. Trade him. He sucks. So, you know, it's just... Houston fans, again, like I've said, you got to be better. On paper, this guy is one of the all-time greats. And like Lance said, his name's not flashy. You never turned on ESPN and heard about him. You watched him get burned, especially later in his career. And there were so many flashy DBs in his generation uh, who champ Bailey. Darrell uh, Revis. Darrell Revis. Namdi Asamoah. Jalen Ramsey. These guys, he played during the generation of the flashy, I want to be Dion type players. And Jonathan Joseph was not that. He was quiet. Right. He kept to himself. And he just went out there and played, man. You never heard about him. Most of the people in the league probably don't know who the guy is, but these numbers are freaking incredible and they scream Hall of Fame to me. Yeah, I think it comes out to about five tackles per game. I don't know what his injury numbers were, but it sounds like he had like most games played almost, so yeah, number yeah, he's kind of an Iron Man. He's kind of an NFL Iron Man in his in his own right. Yeah, number three uh, all think, time in games played. Two hundred eleven. Yeah, no, I think you. I don't really care about fumble recoveries for touchdowns. I really don't care about pick sixes either. But I do like those individual tackle numbers and pass deflection numbers. I think that speaks a lot about a man playing on an island by himself. Like you said, getting that one-on-one coverage. Against the best, um, against the, against the the best wide receivers coverage. in the world. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. It's... So, no, I got that's, that's mad respect. It, you know, I had, I had zero clue what his stats were. I just looked at him, like I say, look, I, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm old school football. I don't know, but it's all about stopping the run unless you got, like, eight awesome receivers like Tampa Bay now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and then Tom Brady flinging it to him for five yards and run. But no, um, I really do believe that Jonathan Joseph, in my eyes, was one of the best stickers, like, in the league. I'm going to stick it to you, and you're not getting away from me. And that's after watching some of the most pitiful defensive backs the NFL's ever produced roll through Reliant Stadium, now NRG Stadium. You know what I'm saying? Like, there were some... I mean, we've seen some we've seen some crappy tackling in our Texans career. You know, we had a fan. few we had a few good guys along the way. Aaron Glenn, Don, Aaron Glenn, yeah, yeah, Dante, yeah. I mean, Aaron Glenn, Aaron Glenn, Aaron Glenn's a stud. Dante Robinson, who was probably the most dirty football player of my young generation. The helmet to helmet rule is in place because of Dante Robinson. I believe he caused three concussions in one season. Was continuously fined and suspended for his helmet-to-helmet hits. So that that rule is here because of Dante Robinson. He was a beast, though. He might have played dirty, but you did not want to be lined up across from this guy. So we got Dante Robinson there. Uh, Kareem Jackson had a few really good years. He was the number one PFF DB in the league for two years in a row, I believe. 
then you got Jonathan Joseph, the the greatest player that nobody's ever heard of. You know, so it's what do you do? Uh, I think on paper numbers, this guy has the potential to be a Hall of Famer. And you know, I know how a lot of Texans fans felt about him. They were happy to see him go every single week. Every time there was a blown play on defense, you get on social media and it's all Jonathan Joseph's fault. But outside of the Texans fan base, nobody knows who the hell the guy is. And these numbers are amazing. Yeah, no, I don't ever blame anything on one player unless they just flat out fell down, missed a tackle, or blew the coverage. But no, um, look, here we go. It's another example of a great player in the NFL coming from Houston and nobody cares about Houston because we're sitting in the shadows of the Dallas Cowboys. Jonathan Joseph plays for... Dallas Cowboys, ESPN is doing a 30-minute expose on him tonight on SportsCenter. Yeah, probably. Or on NFL, NFL primetime. So it'd be interesting, you know, 7 o'clock tonight or whenever the next episode of NFL primetime comes on. I mean, check the website. See if they do a segment longer than three minutes on Jonathan Joseph, you I know? He'll be, he'll be lucky Will to they? get 30 seconds, man. And then the, the other part that sucks, too, and I'm just going to be, I mean, here we go. I'm just going to be frank with you. Why is he quitting all of a sudden? Is he mad because a certain number of DBs or young DBs maybe didn't show up to the voluntary OTAs? Nah, he's getting man, forced he's... out. Is he is he going to sign with another team so he got out of his contract and maybe he goes and plays somewhere else? Or is he really just like he's thirty eight years old? Years he's... He's, yeah, he's deteriorated. So he's just... yeah, he's been injured. He's thirty eight years old. He got drafted in two thousand six. The guy had a hell of a career, man. So I th- it's just time to hang it up. No, I hear you. I just, mm, too bad. I mean, I'd like to have him on the sideline with some leadership. I mean, I don't care if he plays, and if you got to drop him and sign somebody else later in the season, it's not like we're Super Bowl bound, so we got to have the best 56 team or no, whatever and it is, 52-man roster, you know? That's a good point. He'll probably take some time off from football this year, but I think he will probably be a coach somewhere in this league. Uh, he just, he seems like one of those guys to me. You know, a lot of those players in the spotlight, superstars in the spotlight every night they don't make good coaches uh more often than not it's a guy you've never heard of or a guy that was on a practice squad for two years or you know something like that these guys come out of nowhere and they're like oh the the texans have signed so-and-so to the be a db coach and you're like who the hell is that guy i think jonathan joseph has that potential future as a coach somewhere in the league and i think he'll be a damn good one two-time pro bowler two-time all pro you know on top of those numbers i just said so i think he has a lot of knowledge to pass to some younger players for sure yeah so exciting to see who's gonna fill that spot right because yeah i don't think we have a bunch of uh corners out there do we do we have corners out there oh no what are those I don't, I don't even know what kind of quarters we got, man. Like, seriously, I have no idea. I, I, I can't even tell you who is playing in the secondary next year. Minus Eric Reed. You know, it's it's going to be a lot of young guys, a lot of guys that have been fighting for spots. You know, it's it's going to be rough. That's say like Eric Reed, Justin Reed. Yeah, it's Justin Reed for sure, you know. Why did I say Eric Reed? I don't even know why I said Eric Reed. I have no idea. Does Eric Reed still play? Wasn't he like University of Tennessee great? University of Tennessee great. I don't know if he still plays in the league or not. Eric Reed, No, yeah. now I'm thinking of – I'm all over the place, man. Like, I'm thinking of Eric Berry. Yeah, <laughs> Eric Berry. I don't know. Anyway, Justin Reed – I mean, okay, Justin Reed's back there. And who else? 
Do you want to know who our starting cornerbacks are going to be? Yeah, no, I got a I got a best friend um, who all he, he watches the corners like a hawk. I don't even know if he watches line play and the interior during the game. He just watches those one on one matchups. All right, so he I, loves it. I got some names for you here, and uh, now that I'm looking at it, I do recognize. Oh some man, of these guys. let's play this game. As have you heard of this cornerback before? Tavier Thomas. Who? Tavier Thomas. <laughs> okay, next. John Reed. John Reed. John Reed. See you later. I don't know who you are. Shaheem Carter. Mm, that name sounds. Is he an Ohio State guy? I have no idea. It doesn't say. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, he's been in the league for a while. Apparently, he's been in the league for about four years. Out okay. Of Kentwood, Louisiana Community College. Like, they didn't even go to college? Uh, I guess so, man. And then we got Bradley Roby and Keon Crossan, and I know who those two guys are. I know who Eric Murray is also. He's been hanging around for a couple years trying to get that play. Murray, stink. Murray, Murray, Murray stinks. He's a veteran who stinks. Well, he's uh, gonna- Cro- Crossan is okay. Oh, man. I just – I just John, – John- Roby, Roby, made, Roby made so many big plays in the last few seasons, but he's so inconsistent, dude. Uh, exactly. Like, for real, he is. And, you know, it's it's going to be rough. And it's such a shame, man, because like we were talking about the other day, our offense looks so damn good on paper. And if, you know, I just, I have no idea. I don't know how to yeah, feel it, about it, this. It's almost, it's, almost, it's almost like, honestly, the offensive line might be the best offensive line we've ever assembled. Yeah. As far, as far not maybe talent-wise, but cohesively as a group and playing together. Yeah, and some of the veterans we have, and of course Larry Tunzel's up there. I'm not gonna dog Larry Tunzel for false starts. Whatever. Does he get first downs? Does he pick up? Do you run behind him and get seven yards on first down, setting up second and three? Of course you do. So, and you know, uh, like I'm a, not gonna be ripping on Larry Tunzel. I'm sorry, I'm not that guy. Me neither. The kid's great. He was number three all. He was number three last season. PFF Fantasy Football Focus, number third ranked lineman in the league, which was what we brought him here to do. So if you want to sit there and watch every single play and rip apart every bad step he takes, then, yeah, you're going to be able to do that. But he's still putting up the numbers, and he's still doing his job. And that's what we brought him here to do. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, like I say, we do have a good offensive line, so it kind of sucks that, you know, Deshaun was comfortable with the, with the offensive line, and, like, he, he knew where to scramble, and he knew, like, you know, I'm sure they're out there with some kind of, you know, sound off call or something like, oh, God, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> they're like, tweet, 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 tweet. When he wants a guy to like block a blind side or see the guy coming off the edge, he's about to suck and run. Yeah. Like they have the little phrases and stuff. And now, you know, Tyrod Taylor has got to learn all of Deshaun's phrases or he's just going to be a old man in the pocket getting crushed eight times a game because he's not Deshaun Watson. He's a good veteran. Anymore. I think he's a great locker Anymore. room guy. He's a good veteran. Yeah. We, no, he can talk. He, he can chunk. He can chunk the picks again. You're but gonna, he's not Deshaun Watson. Let's face it. You're going to be lucky to get 2,700 passing yards out of him. It's going to be is very there another. Rough. Is there anybody even close to Deshaun Watson out there right now? Absolutely not. Not a free agent. There's not. No. There's not. Like, it's unbelievable to think about. As far as scrambling quarterback, I mean, you can. I mean, <laughs> you're talking about a man. Built like Donovan McNabb, quick like Michael Vick, 
and an accurate passing arm uh, like a Randall Cunningham as well and a Steve Young, you know? Yeah. And you take all those other four guys, and I think Deshaun, without Super Bowl rings, with a Super Bowl ring or two, could end up being better than all those other guys combined. Maybe not Steve Young, but he's like he's like Steve Young and Michael Vick, not left-handed, though, with uh, with uh, Randall Cunningham, Donovan McNabb twist to him. You know, he's better than McNabb, isn't he not? Can we stop talking about this? Because it's really upsetting me. We finally got our guy. Top four. <laughs> Sorry. I'm not trying to break your heart here, but I'm just saying. So just think about that's That's where the Texans stand. It's a league about the quarterback, right? Fourth best. Almost I, like almost like the NBA is a league you know, about the point guard. Yeah. You have a facilitator on the court. Pitching you know, so, goes a long, long way in baseball. The quarterback is the team nope there's 32 teams okay 32 starting quarterbacks you got tom brady aaron Rodgers, russell wilson and then you got deshaun watson right there the fourth best quarterback in the league and he's gone he's gone his career's ruined at least in a houston texans jersey we finally got yeah we finally got our guy man and it's just it's a damn shame dude i'm ready to stop talking about it you didn't didn't even say patrick mahomes you said russell wilson over patrick mahomes yeah yeah well i think russell wilson and deshaun are both better than patrick mahomes remember my guarantee houston mahomes is done He's done. All right. He got paid. He is done. All right. So, Houston, we're going to keep this episode nice and short. We're here. Actually, we're at about 30 minutes. So, it was, it was a nice nice conversation. I had fun with this one. Again, hats off to the great, greatest cornerback in Houston Texans history, Jonathan Joseph. Congrats. Salute on to you, number 24. Salute to you, my man. Congrats on a great career, man. Holla, Houston. Enjoy your family. Enjoy the retirement. And remember... Give them all and give all your friends hugs and high fives. Hugs and high fives, Houston. Take it easy, guys.